It's time for the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and today I'm joined by 2008 Rookie of the Year, my former battery mate, Giovanni Soto. But first, I got to tell you something about Sloan's no-touch hand-washing technology. It's state-of-the-art, second to none, and couldn't come at a better time. So we want to thank them for providing that technology to people out there so we can wash our hands and stay safe. Well, so many great memories with this man behind the plate. We truly had a brother-like relationship, and we still do to this day. Without further ado, let's get to it and go off the mound with Giovanni Soto. Gio, how are you, my friend? So great to see you, pal. Super excited to be here. Um, super excited to see you, and, uh, you know, it's awesome to, to be here, man, with you again. So surreal. I, uh, I see the Christmas decorations behind you. You got some festivities going on there at the club? Yeah, yeah. I'm here at the clubhouse. I got a, I got another meeting here at 3 o'clock, so I just might as well knock two birds with one stone. And, uh, yeah, here uh, in Dorado Beach, you know. Um, you know, time, time uh, you know, kind of drifts away from us when we get away from the game, right? And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, for a while there, we didn't, we didn't see you on the north side, but you made it back to convention this year, uh, this past mm-hmm. year uh, in January. How special was that for you to come back with your family and, uh, and bring your kids back to Chicago? Oh, it was super exciting, uh, super, super charged with uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of, uh, you know, great memories there and uh, while I spent in, in the north side. Um, the family loved it to, to go back. Obviously, they, it was snowing. It was like five degrees, but they still loved it. And, and uh, they, they felt the love and they felt the, the passion, which uh, the Cubs fan are, are huge on. Was that, the, was that the first time your kids saw snow? Uh, no, they already saw snow in, in, uh, in Arizona early when pitchers and catchers arrived in Flagstaff. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, the first time they, uh, I think they remember. That's all. Um, you know, playing on the north side, you, you show up, burst on the scene. Um, you know, you come up for a short mm-hmm. little bit in 06 and then, uh, 07, um, you know, a little bit of time in September where you raked and then you, you earn that starting job out of spring training in 08 and boom, rookie of the year. Um, yeah. What, what, what was that? Dude, you were starting the all-star game, everything. What was that like, um, that season for you, the 2008 season? It was, it was, uh, it was, it was super awesome, but I have to go back a little bit. It, it, it all started in 2007, right? In 2007, um, it was my third year of, of having options, right? It was my, my third year of, of, you know, trying to make the team or, or you go to triple a, right. Your last option. And a lot of, uh, a lot of coaches and, and managers, they wanted me to hit the ball to the other side, to, to right field a lot. And at my third uh, year of options, I was like, you know what? It's not working for me. I'm not the same player that I was, you know, growing up or actually, you know, early right when I signed Then now, you know what I mean? There's a perception of catchers, you know, they, they don't, they don't hit or catchers, you know, it's good enough if they hit 250 or whatever, but that wasn't me. They wanted me to, you know, bottom line was, I said, you know what, if I'm going down, I'm going down how I know, you know, how to go. So I'm just going to swing like I swing. I'm going to hit like I hit. And miraculously enough, I hit 353, 26 homers and 109 RBIs in five months in AAA. Um, that kind of carried a little bit of momentum and uh, confidence uh, for the 2008 Rookie of the Year season. But it kind of started with me taking a stand on, you know what, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to. 
but I'm but I'm I am gonna swing the bat how I know how to swing the bat and and you know it, it and I unleashed. That's kind of how it it happened at, at the beginning, at least for to start the 08 uh, season after 2007. That was one thing that impressed me so much about you. Like, I mean, A, your personality was so loving and, and, and caring and compassionate from a catcher-go-pitcher standpoint. Um, but when you got out on the mound, you are out, you know, out on the field and you came to the mound, you had tremendous confidence um, in your ability and yourself talking to even me, a veteran pitcher, somebody who's been around. You weren't afraid uh, to voice your opinion. Where, where did you get that from? Who taught you that along the way? Well, I, I, you know, when, when I was growing up, uh, we didn't have a lot. You know, my dad had a dream. Uh, he always wanted something to do with baseball. So, you know, he showed me how to play. Um, but from day one, uh, um, I was groomed to, to believe in myself. I was groomed to, you know, if you work hard, you can do anything you want. And like I said, that 2007 had a lot to do with my whole career. It was like a stand. I, I took a stand on, on, on myself, on my career and said, look, you know, I am a great hitter. I, I am a catcher. Um, you know, I can pull a ball if I want to. I can, you know, very respectfully to obviously to the coaches and everything. But that's kind of the stand that I took and that's kind of propelled. I, I never had like that open uh, opened up like uh, confidence like that. But after the 2007 season, which I, I kind of showed to myself what, what I can do, that kind of I, I kept riding that wave throughout my whole career. Um, I remember a, a great moment, you know, you, you start the all-star game at Yankee stadium, the last year at Yankee stadium, New York, and you caught five or six innings. Um, and you know, like most guys you get done, you get pulled out of the all-star game, you go into dig me mode, right? Put some running shoes yeah. on, you go sit on the bench, you know, maybe pour a little something in a cup just to have a little bit of fun and kick back and watch yeah. the rest of the game. But you did the responsible thing that most rookies would do is you went down the bullpen to help out. Um, I wasn't oh, supposed yeah, to pitch yeah. in the all I wasn't supposed to pitch, and I, I got asked to warm up and go pitch, and I remember you warming me up, which was such a treat because I didn't get to throw to you in the game. Here you are, my catcher all year. But I warmed up. Remember how terrible I warmed up? I mean, awful. I was yeah, terrified I, I was, was going to lose. It was terrible. But they did, you they actually did catch said that like to a deer in the headlights. Yeah, I was like, you're terrible today. But they caught you like a deer in the headlight situation. You like you said, you weren't really supposed to go like go in and you know tie ball games. It's like the longest uh, all star game in history. Um, hey, damn, you're going in the ninth. So, uh, dude, you did not throw a strike in like the first eighteen yeah. pitches, bro. And I told you, damn, you are terrible. Go get him, Tiger. <laughs> I remember walking through those gates. Mariano Rivera just pitched the top of the ninth, and I looked out and I said, "Wow, I just lost the All Star game right on." You know, and it was for home field a, advantage we, too. Yeah, we had the great team. We 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 were rocking. So I was like, "Yeah, go go mess up, go mess this up for the Chicago Cubs." Man, not one strike, and you retired the side, and you strike out three, and the whole side it was it was unreal. It was unreal. You know, I, I look back. You know, so many great memories of that year, and. Um, you know, the next year for you uh, was a struggle. The, the year after winning the rookie year, what was the what was so hard about that? Why was it hard the next year? What did you feel like during the off season that going into that next year that made it tough? Um, I think it's more of uh, adapting to change. Basically, you know, the the league kind of they're starting to do adjust adjustment. They're starting to consistently 
you know, do the stuff that you're uncomfortable doing, say it's hitting a breaking bar, say it's hitting, you know, an inside pitch, and they're going to repeatedly go at it, go at it, go at it. Um, it took me a while to, to kind of like, you know, I know they were going to go there or whatever I was, you know, and I got in a situation, a long situation of, you know, they were jamming me with the heaters and I was on front of the breaking ball. Well, I started looking for a breaking ball and they started, you know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. I had no timing. I, it, it was, if I started looking for heaters, they threw sliders. And if I started looking for sliders, they threw heater. It was a perfect disconnection and timing. It was unbelievable. Well, and I, and I always tell people too, you know, when we talk about you is that what impressed me so much about you is your ability to constantly adapt. And, you know, you did that, you, you made that adjustment that could have been a downfall, you know, and, and, and really spiraled out of control and you bounce back the next year, you know, hit 17 homers, hit 280 again, and right back to where you were. So, um, you know, I was just so proud of you to watch you make continuously make those adjustments that you needed to make. And, and that's what this game is all about. You have to make adjustments in order to move on no matter what they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and at the beginning it was, it was tough, obviously. Um, you know, but then, you know, just say, Hey, strap it on. You know, you're not invincible. Just go, go out there, work hard and, and, and try to figure it out. And, and that's what I did. Just kind of tone it down a little bit, uh, on my swing, but, uh, you know, Little by little, keep getting a little bit more confidence and, uh, and uh, you know, start rolling again. Um, Gio, there's a long track record of uh, great catchers coming out of Puerto Rico. Um, why? What, what is it that breeds this, uh, this incredible line of catchers coming out of there? Long, long story. Uh, sure, we got uh, big thighs. We all were shortstops and, uh, and, and outfielders. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, um, we, 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 take it, we take it very seriously. We like, uh, we like a challenge. And, and, and being a catcher, you have to be on the game. You have to go hit. You have to go run. But then you have to go take care of your pitcher. And you're more into the game. You're like a manager, like a coach inside the game, inside the line. So... It's it's a it's a, it's an interesting uh, job, and usually when you're a kid, nobody wants to do that. You know the the most tire, tire, tiring tiring uh, job. They just want to go and hit and and uh, you know play shortstop. But I think there's a, there's a, something to be said about uh, Puerto Rican catchers throughout the years. We've developed to be to be one of the greats in the world, and and I think now we know and and we actually take pride on that. You see kids, you know, in high school and. and just signed. They they take uh, pride on that Puerto Rican catchers um, to to take it to another level. Who was the guy for you that you were like, I want to be like him? Bro, hands down, Ivan Rodriguez. By the time you know, obviously uh, early '90s, I was a kid. You know, that was my guy. He uh, was so much better than everybody else. Um, throwing his energy, his hitting, even. Obviously, I, I like the Texas Rangers, too. They had uh, Juan Gonzalez. They had Nolan Ryan. They had a great team. Um, but that was definitely my guy, hands down. He got, like, what, 12 gold gloves. Um, did unbelievable things in his career, played for 20-year-plus. Uh, um, you know, that was my guy, definitely. I remember going to the All-Star game in 2000, and we had, like, a family bus. And my brother, my youngest brother, Chris, who you know very well, he loved Pudge Rodriguez and we got on the family bus and, you know, we're sitting two up and then there's one odd person in our family. We're a family of five 
and Pudge goes, oh, here, you can sit here to my brother Chris. This dude had a posters of him on his wall. And my brother, till this day, man, I never saw him got that excited for Santa Claus. It was just like, oh, my God. Like, he just, he was on cloud nine for days. So I can see that uh, that admiration for sure. And and you definitely did your best Pudge Rodriguez out there many a times. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, I'm a, he's an actual... No, I was Go gonna ahead. say he, he's. I, I met him in uh, World Baseball Classic 2009. Um, that guy, I, I, I even told him I was like, I love you. You're my guy. You're my inspiration. Everything. And he was so humble about it. I was his throwing partner. He took me under his wing, just to say that man, what a gentleman. He was. He's awesome. Yvonne Rodriguez. Yeah. What a what a guy. Class act. Yeah, and you were a class act, dude. You. you know that? <laughs> The way, the way you handle things, so many times difficulties on the field that people didn't even know about. You know, like I got something for people out there that didn't realize this, that for, for a, lar a large part of your career, um, throwing the ball back to the pitcher, you could throw an absolute dime to second base, like boom, on the bag. 1A consistently. All 1A consistently to the bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a 1A. Sometimes a 175 if I got it off real quick, you know? Oh, if, if if I got saucy, I can get a one five. Oh, one seven five over there, yeah. Oh, but yeah. you had you you had a little bit of the they call them the yips, where you <laughs> throwing the ball back to the mm -hmm. pitcher was was mm -hmm. like this mental block that you had to get through. How did you manage yeah. that? How did you manage to do that and do it without people really knowing? I know. I I I got a little bit of story. Yeah, you remember the obviously you remember the two thousand eight uh, playoff. We played uh, uh, three games against uh, the Dodgers. And I remember we had 97 games. We were the best team in the National League. This was a hundred year exactly of the last World Series. It was like everything was perfect, right? So I remember the first game, you know, we, we, had, a, we had a bad game and whatever. The second game, I remember looking in the infield and I remember seeing D. Lee was a gold glover. He made a, a, an error. I remember DeRosa made an error. I remember Aramis made an error, and the last one in the seventh inning was Terrio. I think so. And, and he made an error. And I look up in the board, and this is weird. This is all mental, just a mental spaghetti that you get in your head, right? I look at the scoreboard, I'm like, man, we got four errors, right? And I look at, at the dugout, and I see Lou, bad as can be, right? And I felt like, because they were hammering us, I, I felt that. I wasn't calling the right pitches. It was all on me because the why are they scoring all these runs? It, it had to be me, right? And everybody's making errors. I remember that first day that I saw that 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 one moment, and I said, the only guy in the infield that doesn't have an error is me. And then there's nobody on, right? And I said it to, and I said in my head, there's no way I can mess this up. And then I could, and then I said in my head. Well, I could I could throw it over the pitcher's head and actually make a make this a real circus. You know what I mean? And yeah. at that moment, that thought just grabbed me, and I was actually very nervous after that. And that's how it, the seed grew. That's how that's how it kind of formed. And at that moment, and it, it was tough in my career. I think uh, I think everybody goes through this. This is a this is a mental little block that you get, um, that you keep believing and believing. And, you know, it's, uh, everybody goes through that. But I think there's well, other people that react different to it. Um, I feel that, uh, um, I feel like I, I, I couldn't 
be the player that I that I was going to be. Um, you saw a glimpse of it, you know, my first year, my third year with the 280, with the 17, the 23. But it taught me a lot in life. You know, that actually taught me a lot in life. But uh, I always live mad about uh, why why this did have to happen to me. Like, I remember me hitting a home run, you know, years later in Texas, you know, tying up the ball game in the eighth inning. And I'm like, in, in my head, I'm like, oh, no, I just tied the game. We go into extra innings. I have to throw the ball more. I don't want to throw the ball. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, was, it was a fear to just go out and play. It was a fear to just warm up the pitcher because this rookie of the year, the first uh, rookie they ever started an all-star game, you know, can't even throw the ball back. And that's the lie that I kept telling to myself. and you know, and, and failing on. And obviously, it come out at the other end years later. Um, but it, it was a struggle. But, you know, it's some things you can't explain. Well, and, and for me, I just, I always admired how you didn't use it as an excuse. You didn't make it determine who you were. You just continued to, like you said, try to make adjustments, try to make that um, adjustment to figure out how to get it back however you could. It was really, really impressive for you to continue to go out there and, and play 13 years in the major leagues. Uh, you know, you should be really, really proud of that because it's not easy all the time, and, uh, and you, uh, you did an incredible job of that. Yeah, and I feel that, uh, that uh, you know, jokingly enough, I, I always, I always uh, try to treat my stuff with, with laughter, you know? And I used to, everybody used to ask me, why, why do you, you know, kind of hesitate throwing the ball or, or touch the ground or whatever? I'm like... I'm just setting you up, bro, because if you go to second base, I've got a 180 or 1.75 for you. <laughs> I always thought it would be, it'd be tough, though, if we, when we went to dinner. I, just, I was always hesitant to ask you to throw me a dinner roll because I didn't want you to hit the waiter behind me, you know? <laughs> the, the messed up part is, is it, it, it was so scary. It was so scary. Damn, it, damn, it was scary. Yeah. But I never well, you never, away. you never showed it, Gio. You, you never showed it, man. And then you're, you know, you, you played your whole career dealing, not your whole career, but a lot of your career dealing with that. And it, and it never showed. And, um, you know, we were lucky. I was lucky enough to have you as a catcher for, for eight seasons, uh, parts of eight seasons on the North side. Um, the Cubs fans were lucky to have you going out there and giving everything you had every day. Um, when you look back your time as a Chicago Cub, what did that mean to you? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, Chicago with, with all the, with all the history and, and, and all the, the fans and, and, and man, it's just the history and the fans, man, that, that ballpark that you go in there and, and it's a different feeling, man. Then Oregon, uh, you're in the field at nine o'clock. Um, it was a dream come true to actually be the starting catcher of the Chicago Cubs. It was one of the teams that you saw in Puerto Rico. They, you know, we saw them a lot. Um, that's why I miss a lot with uh, Kerry Wood. I, I'm always looking at him. Oh, my God, that's Kerry Wood. When he got the 20 strikeout, I saw it at home. I saw that. So uh, it was, it, I was very fortunate to land on a, on a team with so rich history and so much to bring to, to, to the table. It's, it's unbelievable. The Chicago Cubs family, it's, it's my family. I come from there. That's who I signed. I grew up there. And, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a family that, uh, that, waited for me with uh, open arms and it's it's really humbling for me to come out of that organization 
Well, you're always family to me, man. You're you're like a brother to me. Uh, miss you, love you. <laughs> Happy holidays to to Luzem and and your beautiful children down there in Puerto Rico. I uh, look forward to seeing you uh, sometime, hopefully into this season coming up in the 2021 season in Chicago. Uh, get you come throw out a first pitch or something, and then you don't have to worry about throwing it back to the pitcher. So, uh, no, hey, I, can everybody. I can throw it at home plate. I can throw it up to the pitcher though. Home plate, I'm good. <laughs> home plate, he's good. Uh, so great to catch up with you, Geo man. Have a great day. Uh, appreciate, it, man. I gotta tell you, catching up with Geo, he's one of my favorite people. He makes me laugh all the time. He's so great. Um, dealt with a lot in his career, you know, to burst on the scene and be rookie of the year and the expectations that come after that. Um, to manage to, to play 13 years as a catcher position, uh, truly remarkable stuff. So, so great to catch up with Giovanni Soto to hear more conversations like the one you just heard. Please download and subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And it's all presented by our good friends at Sloan. For everybody here at Off the Mound, I'm Ryan Dempster. Talk to you later.